We've been looking at Galatians, the third chapter, for a couple of weeks now. I want us to go there again. I'll begin in the seventh verse of the third chapter, Galatians 3. Verse 7, he says, Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Let's read the next several verses here. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, and he's talking about what we used to be, that was us. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, former heathen. <laughs> former heathen. And don't you argue with them either, because it's true. Justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham. Did you know Abraham heard the gospel? The word gospel is, is thrown around too loosely. Abraham, how could Abraham hear the gospel? Jesus wasn't coming for a long, long time. Yeah, but he did. Gospel means the good news or the good message. He heard not just a good word, he heard the good message. What was the good message? In you shall all nations be blessed. The good news is about blessing. Thank you for those two amens and those nods, I see. This is big. The Bible calls what Abraham heard about being blessed the gospel. And, and people have written us, you know, ugly letters going, we don't, we don't believe in all that abundance and prosperity stuff. We just preach the gospel. <laughs> well, if you preach the gospel Abraham heard, yeah. and if you preach the gospel Jesus preached, yeah. and the one Paul preached, you're going to be talking about abundance. You're going to be talking about blessing. Blessing power is multiplying of seed and manifestation of life and goodness. We ought to be greatly interested in blessing, finding out more about the blessing. Verse 9, keep reading. So then, they which be of faith, is that you? Any is that you? Yes. Then you and I are not going to be, are yep. blessed yes. with faithful, blessed Abraham. <laughs> right? Yep. Was, was he blessed? Yes, he not only was he, he still is. You'll get to meet him one day. Did he experience the blessing of the Lord? Here's an amazing thing about that. This was pre-law. When Abraham lived, there was no law. There were no Ten Commandments. There was no Bible. <laughs> and yet, he got to know God and walked by faith. Hallelujah. He's the example for all of us that should follow and was he blessed? Yes. Oh, he was kept. He was protected, yes. prospered. He was one of the richest men in, in, in the whole countries. Blessed. And so us who are of faith, we're blessed too. Mm -hmm. With faithful Abraham. Keep going. 
For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. And the reason that is, is because of not keeping it all. James said, if you keep the law in all these areas, but you fail in one, you're guilty of the whole thing. And he goes on to talk about if you say, well, I, I've never committed adultery. I've never have, never have. But if you commit murder, well, you're not doing good. Right? Yeah, but I never did that. <laughs> yeah, but you violated light and you sinned. So don't be categorizing little sins and big sins. And big thing is don't be judging anybody else. No matter what they've done, don't get on your high horse and say, yeah, well, I've never done that. Spiritually, you have. Spiritually, you have. Even though you didn't do that specific physical or mental thing, what did they do? They violated light. They yielded to their flesh. Have you ever violated light? Have you ever yielded to your flesh? Well, then it's hypocrisy to point a finger at anybody else and go, I'd never do that. You already have in spirit. And that was the problem with the keeping the law is that if you kept 99.5% of it, but you blew it on the other 0.5%, well, you get the curse. <laughs> you could go, man, I was so close. You know, just, just another percent and a half and yeah, but you didn't. Which is why Jesus had to come and get it for us. Keep going. As many as are of the works of the law, they're under the curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things, which are written in the book of the law to do them. Keep going. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it's evident. For he said, the just shall live by faith. And Abraham got a hold of this before there was a law. He wasn't trying to be justified by keeping the law. There wasn't any law to keep. He's walking by faith. And the Bible says that those of us who are of faith, we're in the same company with him. We're actually his descendants. And also have his blessing. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Because it's written, the just shall live by faith. The law's not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. It wasn't, the law wasn't about faith. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Whoo! Oh, my, my. We, we couldn't keep the commandments. Nobody was able to keep the commandments well enough to be spared from all the curse and get all the blessing. People kept coming short, kept coming short, coming short, coming short, coming short. But God so loved the world. You and I are part of that. That he gave Jesus and sent Jesus and Jesus came. He so loved us too that he came of his own free will to do and get for us what we couldn't get for ourselves to redeem us. That word redeem means to buy 
And not just to buy, to buy out. And it's, it's used in connection with buying out a slave's contract. And you didn't just pay for some things for the slave. You bought them out of being owned. You bought them out of bondage. And they are now completely free. That's redeemed. Glory to God. And the words also, one of the words translated redeemed means to loose. Well, it's the same idea, to loose. In fact, it's the words that's used when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. You could have translated Redeem him. What does that mean? He, he's been bought out from death. We've been bought out from what? Come on, look at the text. From what? A lot of Christians and church going people will agree with you and say, yeah, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. But from what? From what? We're redeemed from something. We're redeemed for something. We need to know what we redeemed from and what we redeemed for. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is bad. Have you read it? Have you looked at it? Woo, it's pain, strain, and agony on me. <laughs> it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's death. It's destruction. It's sickness. It's disease. It's poverty. It's being destroyed by your enemies. It's being crazed in your wits. It's mental problems. Tell me the good news about all that. The good news about it. I've been redeemed. Completely bought out from having to be under or experience or go through the curse of the law. You can tell when you believe it, you get excited. No exceptions. If you're not excited about it, you just don't believe it yet. You either don't understand it, you don't, you're not seeing it, or you don't believe it. Because you cannot see this and remain bored. You cannot. It's too great. It's too great. Said out loud, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Man, it'd help you to just say that off and on throughout the night tonight and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. When it crosses your mind, just say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Does that mean you don't have to have the curse of the law in your life? Yes. Yes. It, It actually means you're not supposed to have. The curse of the law in your life. 
Keep reading. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's what was going on when they nailed him to the cross. That we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We're redeemed for the blessing of Abraham. That, or we could say in order that, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, those who had no natural affiliation or connection with Israel, now are actually the seed of Abraham. And the blessing of Abraham, Abraham is my poppy. And I inherited his blessing. Without question, Abraham's one of the most blessed men who ever walked the earth, who ever lived on the earth. And I'm one of his descendants by faith in Jesus Christ. And I have received the blessing. The blessing is on me. Hallelujah. Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 14. I want to finish. Just read it again. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you showed me something right then. Go to 1 Corinthians. What does this mean? 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. We're redeemed from the curse of the law, correct? We're redeemed for or to the blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, look at it again, verse 14. And hold your place in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We're redeemed from the curse of the law, so we no longer are experiencing the curse. That's why Christ redeemed us. And so that we would receive the blessing of Abraham and the Spirit the Holy Spirit, and the Bible tells us that the Spirit is given to us in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. It says in verse 11, uh, it says, What man knows the things of the Spirit of God, save the, uh, the Spirit which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? Why? That we might know what? The thing. Do you see that? I never never saw that until right now. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. What 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 am I talking about? I, I, I hadn't seen. Well, that we've been redeemed. To receive the the blessing of Abraham and the promise of the Spirit. Or you could say the promised Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's been given to us. 
Why? Not just so we could talk in tongues and shout and run the aisle. Why has this? We've received not the spirit of the world. There's another spirit in the world. It's the spirit of disobedience. It's the spirit of the enemy of God. And that's the spirit that'll, that'll keep you blind and keep you confused and keep you deceived. But we've broken free from that. Christ has redeemed us from that. And we're not cursed. We're blessed. And we're not blind and deceived. We've received the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit who teaches us, enlightens us, the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We're supposed to be finding out. Every time we read the Word, the Holy Spirit wants to be showing us yeah. what we've got. That's right. Come on. Every time we go yeah. to church, every time we teach and preach, and the Spirit of God's involved in it, we're supposed to be seeing and hearing what we have, what's been freely given to us in God, what happened when Christ redeemed us. We lost the curse, but we got all kind of things that the Holy Spirit is sent to reveal to us, to guide us into all the truth, to bring to remembrance everything the Lord has said to us, to even show us things to come. Hallelujah. (laughs) Go with me, please, to Deuteronomy. And we will look in the um, 11th chapter and the 26th verse. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In uh, Deuteronomy 26, excuse me, 1126. We know that the blessing and the curse is in Deuteronomy 28. How many have seen that? Have you you noticed that? Well, there's a lot that led up to chapter 28. And I want us to back up a little bit and see it. How many know Deuteronomy 11 is earlier? Right? Than chapter 28. Notice what, he, what, what the Lord said in 26, and this is, verse 26, this is leading up to chapters 27 and 28. That's going to get into specific detail about how you're blessed or how you're cursed. The Lord said, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Now, notice it it didn't say or. A blessing and a curse. That's going to be significant as we go. Verse 27. A blessing if. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. What else? And a curse. 
if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Now, what determined whether they were blessed or cursed? God's foreordained choice for them. He, he didn't say, I've foreordained and chose for you to be blessed and for you, sorry, for you to be cursed. Now that, I mean, that might sound a little humorous to you, but there are thousands of people who believe God exists who believe some form of that. They don't believe this verse you just read. They're adamant that everything that happens is somehow the mysterious, even unknowable will of God. And that some people are ordained to be rich, rich, and some people are ordained to be poor, poor. And some people, God has chosen for them to be healthy and enjoy good health and strength, and others just, for some reason, God chose for them to suffer all their life and die young and hard and die wrong. And that people don't understand it and don't know why, but you know it, it's not in our hands. That is a lie from the enemy, from the devil. It's a lie from the enemy. I know uh, some years ago I, I heard a minister being interviewed by an internationally known this talk show thing. And this interviewer was obviously not a believer and he was kind of grilling this pastor, who I believe is a good person. And he was talking about if God is love, how can love send people to hell? And, uh, you know, they were debating it. And I checked my heart while this was going on, and I just, in my heart, I said, Lord, what's the best way to answer that? I don't believe that like that, but what's the best way to answer it? And the Lord spoke very clearly inside my heart. He said, uh, Keith, it's not my choice. Now that's a big thing. Do you believe that or do you not? And not just do you believe I heard something, can you see this in the scripture? The Lord said, it's not my choice. What do you mean? Whether they go to heaven or hell is not my choice. Now there are millions of, of Christians that don't believe that. They do not believe that. But they don't realize in, in choosing not to believe that, they don't believe verses like this. Look at it again. Verse 26. Deuteronomy eleven twenty-six. 26. Behold, I have predetermined for you. And the choice is always mine. No. And you see, the very next verse, the Lord helped me to see this some years ago. We taught a series called You Choose. And if you want to learn a lot more about this, get in there with us and go through the scriptures. <laughs> I had a, a guy who actually was a partner of ours years ago. And we sent one of the messages from that series to our partners as a free thing. 
And he listened to it. And I found out about this later. He said it made him so mad. He threw it in the trash can. And he was going to call and tell the office here, take his name off the mail list and don't ever. <laughs> because I was talking about this, that it's not God's choice. Because people try to say God's in control. And what they mean by that is everything that's happening to everybody is his choice. It is not true. And he said the Spirit of God checked him and said, now hold on. Did you check the scriptures? Did you look at the verses he's talking about? And, and basically, how do you know it's wrong? Find the verses that prove he's wrong. So he went and got the thing out of the CD out of the trash can. And he set about to prove me wrong. And by about lesson 12... He decided it wasn't wrong <laughs> and got to shouting and got delivered from decades of religious tradition that had confused him and blinded him. The enemy really wanted to keep him out of that word. Can you see that? You know, why would you get so mad? Why would you get that mad and stomp and go throw something in the trash can? But only reason I know about it is because he wrote a letter and told us all about this. <laughs> and said he does still want to be a partner. So, <laughs> Yeah, praise God. That's a good ending. Verse 27, something the Lord showed me during that. A blessing. What's the next word? If you obey. If. If everything is predetermined by God. There can be no if. There can't be any if. It's just going to be according to how God predetermined it. There can't be an if. But here he's saying, I set before you. And if you choose this, this is going to happen. If you don't, if you choose something else, then something else is going to happen. And who made the choice? The individual. Then how can you blame God for those results when you made the choice? But people love what I call no-fault religion. <laughs> what do you mean? No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what didn't happen, not my fault, it was God. God. He, he, he chose for it, he didn't choose for it. Are you all okay? And skip down to verse 29 and notice this, because this, this brings us right up to chapter 27 and 28. He said, it'll come to pass when the Lord your God has brought you into the land, whether you go to possess it, that you shall put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Two different mountains. And uh, part of the heads of the tribes were to stand on one of the mountains and pronounce the blessings. And others of the heads of the tribes would stand on Mount Ebal and pronounce the curses. 
Everybody say two mountains. Now, even before you, you get, this is back in chapter 11, even before you get to the 27 and 28, he, he's prepping them for this. This is how you're going to do it. And so you had a blessing and a curse. And this happened on the same day, same time. Skip over to uh, chapter 27 of Deuteronomy. Chapter 27 and verse 12. Of course, this is leading up to chapter 28, and this wasn't written in chapter and verse. These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you come over Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, Benjamin, keep going. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali. <laughs> it's kind of like picking a team, isn't it? <laughs> and there's some teams you don't want to be on. Right? And I mean, if that was you, you'd think, hey, can I be on the blessing team? That's right. Come on. <laughs> but it ain't no swapping. This, is, this comes straight from the top. And obviously there are reasons why. And uh, so... They are ready to do this. This group on this mountain, Gerizim, this group on this mountain, Ebal. And that's the setting for Deuteronomy 28. Can you see that? You got the two hills, you got the two groups. So let's start in 28 now. Verse 1. 28.1, these are the pronouncements. The Lord said it'll come to pass. What's that next word? If. Now we already know whose choice is it? It's our choice. If you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Now there are people that say, now Brother Keith, that's the law and that's got nothing to do with us. It is the law. It's not true that it's got nothing to do with us. If it's got nothing to do with us, there wouldn't be anything in the New Testament about you being redeemed from the curse of the law. There might be a note that's got nothing to do with you. (laughs) But why devote a whole chapter in Galatians and other places and other places about talking about this? No, God has not changed. Right and wrong has not changed. Good and evil has not changed. Blessing and cursing has not changed. And it never will. What has changed is our covenant. And our approach. And how we qualify. We don't qualify by obedience to the law. But it still makes a difference what we do. And the choice is still ours. What we believe and what we receive and what we resist, what we receive, what we refuse. Keep reading here. The way we qualify today for the blessing is not by keeping the the commandments and statutes and ordinances, but it's what we we read uh, last week in Galatians, if you're led by the Spirit, 
you're not under the law. It's not just we got nothing instead of they had something, now we got nothing. No, we have something that's a higher way of living and operating. We don't just have a list that we're checking all the time to see, uh, do this, don't do that. We have the author of the book living inside us, and we're not trying to keep up with the letter of it. We get the spirit of it. Why God said this and that. And if you're led by the Spirit, you're not going to kill. You're not going to steal. You're not going to lie. Can you see that? You have to ignore the Spirit in you and yield to the flesh. And yield to something wrong to do that. It'll come to pass if you hearken diligent to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all His commandments which I command thee this day. That the Lord will set you high on high above all nations of the earth. Keep going. And all these blessings. Abraham heard the gospel. And it was about being blessed. All these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Now this language, all the language is significant. But let's emphasize this. What will the blessings do? First of all, they will come on you. Why will they come on you? Because of the choice you made. Is that right? To obey and keep the commandments. But that's not how we do it. Because of the choice we made of faith. To believe, to receive, to be led by the Spirit. Come on, can you see that? If you say, well, no, Brother Keith, that's, that's Deuteronomy, that's blessing and curse. I'm talking about Galatians right. 3. You remember we read it just a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. said we lost the curse. That's right. We got the blessing. Yeah. And we got the Spirit to show us everything that we've been given. All, does that sound like all these blessings sound like everything we've been given in God? All these blessings. Now, now here's, here's language. Will come on you and overtake you if, again, if, you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Today we might say, if you believe, if you'll walk in faith, if you'll be led by the Spirit. Keep going. And, and I might say, keep the love commandment. Because faith works by love. Then blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Keep going. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. And we might say, bless the fruit of your ground. And bless the fruit of your cattle. And bless the increase of your kind. And bless the flocks of your sheep. That includes your dog and your cat. You may not have a herd. But you got a him or a her. If God had blessed their animals under the old and worse covenant, why won't he bless your animals under the new and better covenant? And just every once in a while, you need to rub Fluffy's head or, or, or Rover and say, you're blessed. You're blessed because you're my dog and I'm blessed. Amen. 
Abraham's cows were blessed. His goats, his sheep, his donkeys, his horses, his camels. Is that right? Everything he had. So everything I have is blessed. Everything I have. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Hallelujah. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. Does this matter? That means you're coming in with something on you. That's enabling you to succeed. That's empowering you to win. And to succeed and to be and to prosper. And then when you get up and leave in the morning, something's on you. Something goes with you, enabling you, empowering you to succeed. To be victorious. To be successful, to be prosperous. Say it out loud. Blessed when you come in. Blessed when you go out. Hallelujah. Now remember, where is this happening? On the two. Two mountains, is that right? With the two groups. You got the blessing mountain, Gerizim. And you got what's coming here in just a few verses. The cursing mountain. And Ebal. Keep reading. For time's sake, I'm going to skip down just a little bit. We Perhaps later we'll come back and pick up some of these. But skip on down to the uh, the fifteenth chapter and let's the guys on Ebal they've been they've been waiting till till we get through. <laughs> and so when they finished up, they yelled across, Okay, your turn. And so here they say, verse fifteen. Yeah to all of that. But, but, it'll come to pass if, we might say, you choose not to listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, let's just stop right here. People try to say, oh, that's Old Testament or the key. Does it make any difference today whether you listen to the voice of God or whether you don't? We're not trying to keep a list of commandments so that we can be righteous before God and to be saved. Jesus has done that. Right? He has done that. I'm saved even if I make the biggest mistake of my life and get taken out early. Still I'm saved. Not because of my performance, but because of what Jesus has already done. But Are you really going to say today it doesn't matter if you listen to the voice of God or not? It matters in a huge way. Whether you go the right way, you go the wrong way. You do the right thing, you do the wrong thing. Does Romans 8 say, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Yes, we have so much more access to hearing the voice of God than they did. They'd have to go to the prophet, get him to inquire of the Lord for them. We don't. 
We got the living spirit inside us 24-7, but we still have to listen to him or pay a price. If you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, all these curses will do what? Come upon you and what? Does that sound familiar? It's the exact same language of what would happen with the blessing. Exact same language. Keep reading. See if you notice more of the same. Cursed shall you be in the city. And cursed shall you be in the field. Hold on. It sounds like cut and paste. Is that right? You just... You took the blessing portion and you cut it, copied it, and you put it over here and you just changed the word blessing to curse. I don't mean similar. It is the exact same language. Just like you would have been blessed, now something has reversed. Something has reversed. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your store. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, fruit of your land, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. Identical to the language that described the blessing. Why? It's the same force the other side. That's why they pronounced it on the other hill. God is amazing. He makes powerful things that work. God does not need to, every morning, prime the sun (laughs) or all the other how many trillions of stars and planets there are. Take the two examples of gravity and electricity. God made them long before anybody understood them, much less used them, or learned how to make them work for them. Gravity can bless you or curse you. Is that right? It can help you. I mean, it's helping us every day by keeping our little feet planted on the surface instead of us flying off into the atmosphere and into space. But you jump off a building being foolish, it'll curse you. Is that right? People are blessed and cursed every day by gravity. Depending on which side of it they're on. The Gerizim side or the E-ball side. 
God doesn't need to, you know, reprime light all the time. He doesn't need to redo gravity every six months. He doesn't need to recreate electricity. He made it. He released it. And it's been going ever since. And it'll bless you. It'll curse you. Depending on what side of it you're on. Have a lot of people died from gravity. So did God kill them? He he created gravity. Can you see this? He created gravity. So many in their reasoning would think, well, yeah, if he hadn't created it, they couldn't have died from it. Yeah, but if he hadn't created it, none of this would be. Electricity is God's power in the natural. And for centuries and centuries, people would see lightning, they'd see it strike stuff, they'd uh, build up some static electricity and shock each other, and, but nobody was making it light their home or, or cook their food or, or much less drive a car. Or, but it was here. I said it was here. And now, I was seeing the other day where somebody was killed from a lightning strike. And you hear just every now and then about somebody that uh, decides to poke something in the wall socket and, uh, and try that out. And, and any number of things are just making uh, mistakes. Electricity can bless you. It could enhance your life. How about us in here tonight? It's pitch dark outside. Is light a blessing in here? Is some warmth a blessing in here? I mean, on and on and on. But have a lot of people died from getting on the wrong side of electricity. And instead of it doing something for them, it did something against them. There's great revelation here. There's great truth here. People are saying God did this and God did that. God took them. And one one guy was saying in this plant where people were working that a lot of people had died from industrial accidents. And one guy was trying to be religious about it. And he said, well, you know, God took them. God took them. They had two that died that week from accidents in the factory floor. And one of the guys spoke up and said, you know, I notice when people follow the rules, God don't take near so many of them. But see, it's a way of shirking any personal responsibility. Can you see that? And people are doing this all over. No, God did it. God did it. God did it. He put it in motion. He told you. Get on the right side of it. Obey me. Listen to me. Follow me. People say, well, God's cursing me. No, when you release power, we don't even understand most of this. We can't release power like this at our present level. When he released this, that was declared from these two mounts, it's, it's circling the earth right now. Just like the electromagnetic field 
that protects us. If we didn't have it, our star would just burn us to a crisp. I mean, there's thing after thing. God doesn't have to get up every day and redo it. But he told us what to do. Listen to me. Stay with me. And you'll stay on the blessing side. Hallelujah. And all that will happen from this, it will bless you when you go in, when you come out, your basket, your store, all your stuff. But, but, you get on the wrong side of this, you get, a, you get attitude with me and decide you know more than I do and you won't listen to anything I tell you and become stubborn and hard-headed. That power that's been released, it'll curse you when you come in. It'll curse you when you go out. Why? You can't have one without the other. So I don't understand that. You already understand it with electricity. You say, well, I don't want any electricity where people can get shocked and hurt. We don't have any other kind. Right? I don't want any gravity where people can fall off and get hurt. There is no other kind. You can't make gravity. You can't make electricity. When you have something that is this powerful and God has released it, it's in operation 24-7, everywhere, all the time. Hallelujah. And smart people, smart people say the Lord, he is God. Jesus, he's the big boss. I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'm going to listen to the spirit. I'm going to be led by the spirit. I'm going to walk in love and obey the New Testament command no matter how I feel or how I think. I'm going to walk in faith no matter how fear tries to come on me or worry tries to come on me. Why? I've got to stay in a place where I am conductive to the blessing but resistant to the curse. I receive the blessing, but when the curse would try to come, it finds no conductivity. I don't conduct curse. The curse is in the earth. It's all over the place. But I'm insulated from it. What insulates you? What Jesus has done and your faith in it. Something to think about, huh? Something to, something to chew on. Look in verse 45. He, he, he repeats it and says, this is continuing, elaborating on how that if you won't listen, if you won't obey. Moreover, all these curses will come on you. They'll do what? Come on you. How many understand there are certain elements electricity will come on? And flow over. And flow through. And there's certain other elements. It won't. It, it tries to go to it. And that, that metal. or Excuse me. Not that metal. But that material. Won't conduct it. And it flows around it. Well believers. And redeemed ones. Are not conductive to the curse. When you say I've been redeemed from the curse. You're saying I'm not conductive to the curse. 
You're not saying it's not in the earth. You're not saying things are not going on. You're saying it doesn't have access to me. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All these curses, he said, will come on you and pursue you and overtake you till you'll be destroyed. Why? Because you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't listen. This is the biggest problem on the planet. Folks refusing to listen to God. You wouldn't listen to the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. Notice with me, go, go over to the book of Job and, and see something that we're familiar with. Job 3 and 25. Glory to God. I'm not conductive to the curse. I am conductive to the blessing. The blessing flows to me. If the blessing is flowing, I'm a conductor. I'm like a lightning rod. Like any blessing in the house, it goes whoop. But it doesn't just stop here. Right? It's supposed to flow through. To others who are conductive. Because not everybody is. What are you talking about, Brother Keith? Do you remember Jesus told his disciples, when you go into a house, what do you say? Peace be to this house. And he said, if a son of peace is there. What does that mean? Somebody who is amenable, agreeable, receptive to the peace. Then it'll come, it'll come on them. These things are real. But he said, if not, it'll return to you. Do you hear that? We looked at this in Proverbs a while back. The curse without a cause shall not come. Oh, you didn't get that. The curse without a conductive way. Are y'all listening? Without a cause, without, without a way. It'll just circle like the sparrow flying and not lighting, not landing. It'll just keep circling. The curse is in the earth. Is there death in the earth? Is there destruction? Are there awful things? The curse of the fall and the curse of the law are in the earth. The Bible tells us in Revelation, God is going to do new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse. We've never been in a place like that before, but we're going to find out what it's like to have no curse at all, to live in a place. Well, there's none. In fact, the scripture tells us that even the heavens are not pure in his sight. The very atmosphere and the heavens around us have been contaminated by sin and the curse. So he's, that's why there's got to be new heavens and new earth. Wherein is, is no curse. No curse. But in the meantime, we've got to make it long enough down here to find our course and finish it for him. And the way that happens is we've been redeemed. From the curse and for the blessing. Job 3.25, did you find this? The opposite of faith 
is fear. Faith makes you non-conductive for the curse. It insulates you. Fear makes you a live wire. Where'd you get that? Any number of places right here. What happened to Job? We have a revelation. Job had supernatural trouble. I mean, it ain't, it's hard to even have that much bad stuff happen in that length of time. It's almost physically impossible. All the stuff that happened to him, we know who was behind it. The Bible said it was the devil. Went out from the presence of God and did all that stuff to Job. And Job tells us by the Spirit how it came to him. He said, the thing which I greatly feared is what? Is what? Same language. Come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. That's how it came to me. And that's how it came on me. Was what? Fear. Listen to Young's literal. Young's literal. It says, I feared for a fear I feared, and it meets me. How many understand if if there's electricity over here and it's trying to arc to get somewhere else, there's got to be a meeting for it to arc. It's got to meet something that will conduct it. And he said, I feared a fear, and it, it meets me. And what I was afraid of does come to me. Oh, child of God, fear makes you subject to bondage, Hebrews says. Bondage, I'm quoting scripture. The fear of death will make you all your lifetime subject to bondage. That's what Hebrews says. They, I read some studies some years ago that were very interesting, and it kind of portrays this. It was flu season, and they were studying physiology, immune response, these kind of things. So they had people in their study that they had all these pads and receptors and electrodes on and all these kind of things. And they did an experiment that they would uh, tell people, they'd bring them into a room, and They'd sit them with people and put them around their stuff and tell them that these people had a a real bad case of a bad flu. (laughs) And watch their response. Their heart rate, their blood pressure, everything. And they said some people would go, ah, it won't bother me. And their heart rate stayed the same. Their blood pressure stayed the same. Their immune system over a period of time seemed good and strong. They said there were other people who would go, oh no, what did you do? Why didn't you tell me? They said, heart rate comes up, blood pressure comes up, and the pores literally open up wider (laughs) for it to come in. The pores literally, well, all you got to think is heart rate coming up, blood pressure coming up. Well, sure. Pulse, pores open. What, what, what did you become? The fear made you a conductor. It can actually draw it in to you. 
This is not an exaggeration. Isn't that what Job said? The thing, I, I feared a fear and it met me. And the thing that I feared came to me. I drew it with the fear. Now the devil will try to, he'll bring thoughts and fears to you and tell you you can't help it. But he's a liar. And the greater one's inside of you. And you need to understand you do this by faith just like you do anything else. I remember when I was a boy, the Lord taught me about this. Everybody has been challenged with some kind of fears or or, or dreads or, or whatever. And something was bothering me just as a young boy. And uh, I didn't know all the things I'm talking to you about now. I'd never heard of the faith message or being redeemed or any of that. But thank God, I went to Sunday school and heard about the 23rd Psalm. And the Lord brought to my remembrance real strong. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord prompted me to start saying that. I felt afraid. I felt shaken. But as I begin to say, I refuse to fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's another way of saying, I won't fear any evil out here. I refuse to fear. And you can say that and you most need to say it. When your knees are bumping together. Right? When you've you got all the symptoms of even panic, that's the most important time for you to say, I refuse to fear. Fear, leave me. Now, you see what you're doing? You're, instead of receiving the fear, you're rejecting the fear. And then the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. And resist the devil. And what? He will flee from you and even instead of other people that become conductive to all this junk, you become insulated. And the curse that's circling the earth and doing all kind of terrible things and it tries to come on you and you say, oh no, oh no, oh no, I'm redeemed. I refuse to fear. It may happen to one on this side, a thousand and ten thousand on this side, but it won't come near me. No plague will come my dwelling. What happens? It will, the curse without a cause or a way can't come. It'll circle, it'll fly around, it'll try to get, and it can't get on you. It can't get in you. Why? Because you won't conduct it. You won't conduct it. You won't conduct the curse. But if there's a blessing within a four county radius. Say it out loud, I'm a blessing sponge. (laughs) Instead of a lightning rod, I'm a blessing rod. Blessing flows to me. It flows, didn't it? Now, I'm not exaggerating. What did he say? Those blessings would what? They would come on you. Isn't that what he said? Come on you and overtake you. Is that what he said? Oh, hallelujah. Woo! 
Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody.